Hello and welcome to another jam-packed episode of We Love Books, the show where we absolutely love kids' books and we know you do too. Today, Jess Kidd sprinkles a little everyday magic onto the show as our featured author of the week. Expect the spooky and the strange in a few minutes' time. But first, I wanted to chat to you guys and find out what type of books you love to read. It depends on the book. Sometimes I like books about history and sometimes I like books about animals and sometimes I like books about emergency. Well, when I go to a bookshop, I always look for, so first of all, titles. I like catchy titles and like I like Harry Potter books and then there's Tintin books and they've all kind of they're all kind of have mysteries, so that's my uh, favorite uh, like topic of reading. And then I also like um, like horror stories as well, and then spy stories. The type of book that I like is kind of a mix between fantasy and adventure. So I've tried horror books before. I like them, but just not as much as I like other books. I like books where maybe it's like an adventure somewhere or like fancy, like stuff that aren't real. Like um, Harry Potter was a really good book that I read. Well, I read a few of them. I really liked those as well. And yeah, so fantasy and adventure. I like books that are relatable, like drug diaries. I like the diary books. I like non-fiction, non-fiction is really nice, and like magical books, and like time traveling, I really like those ones, or like magic ones, because I know my sister reads these books, and I started to get into them, and schools are very fun, they're about, they're based in Ireland as well, there's like loads of things about Dublin as well, about different like restaurants and cafes in Dublin. I enjoy kind of fantasy mixed with history. Well, I like learning about interesting parts of history, like wars, not really about like Alexander Graham Bell, more like World War II. And I also like the fantasies, I kind of mix them together. we love books it's time for we love reviews today seven-year-old charlotte has read the book umbrella by elena aravalo melville about a magical umbrella that talks and grants wishes i wonder where i could find one of them let's see what charlotte thought of the book with a little help from her dad gordon so charlotte can you tell me about the umbrella um clara found the umbrella on the floor and it looked a bit worn and old, so she picked it up and put it on a bench really carefully. And then it said thank you. And then she realized it was magic. And then he said, look inside me. And so she did. And then out came a little cat to play with. Umbrella made an elephant appear. The elephant picked off all the apples off the tree for everyone. Yeah, Charlotte, do you think other boys and girls might like this book? Yes, I think they'd like it because it's good, it's magical, it's colourful, and I like the way it ends, and Clara gets lots of new friends, and... 
and that's why I think other boys and girls would like this Now on We Love Books, it's time for our interview with a featured author. And today, we meet the magical Jess Kidd. Jess is a well-known writer of excellent adults' books, but we're in luck because she has just happened to release her very first kids' book, Everyday Magic. And I got to ask her all about what she liked reading and writing as a child and about what inspires her to put pen to paper, amongst lots of other things. Here's how our chat went. One of my favorite things is all of the amazing names like Alfie Blackstack and Little Snoddington and Switherbroom Hall. Where do you come up with your amazing floral elaborate names? They're just magical. Oh, thank you. I mean, partly it was it started off I I told stories to my daughter Eva, um, and so I would make them up as I went along, and sometimes she would make up the names. So that's where everyday magic started off, just us making up stories together, and they became more and more elaborate as we went on. A lot of writers say that actually that when they were telling stories to their children, they really worked on their ideas and it developed over the years. So that's very handy. Maybe having children is one of the best things you can do if you want to be a writer for kids. <laughs> I think so. I think she's quite a tough audience as well. So she would definitely tell me when something worked and yeah, <laughs> maybe change that idea. But it was quite nice because we kind of built the world together really and we filled it with all the things that we love. Like we both love witches, we love magic and um, and I love circus. So we put that in too. So is this book a very long time in the making? Because I know you have a lot of books for adults, which are magical and fabulous. And one of the things I love about them is it almost brings that sense of, of kids magic into the adult books world. So has this book been just brewing for years and years? Yeah, it's been brewing in a big cauldron in the back of my mind. I mean, as you say, I like to put in some magical elements in the book for adults as well. But I think writing for children particularly allowed me to go back to being a child myself and all the stories that I loved. And again, I was brought up in a family where everyone was kind of telling stories and making things up. So I sort of drew on some of that as well. And when did you know it was time to sit down and write your first kids book? Well, I think it was, I was talking to Eva about it. And at some point I started writing down my ideas and then I thought, okay, I'm going to go back and look at them. And they still made me laugh and I still love the characters and I wanted to find out more about them. And she was saying, well, I think you should share it with other people because others would like to read it. And um, I think it's just the fact that I love the characters so much and particularly Alfie, who's so resistant to the idea of having an adventure. I just wanted to put him in the middle of one and see what happened. <laughs> and if you grew up in a house full of stories, were you a big reader as well? Or did you get loads of your ideas from your family? It was a bit of both. I mean, I think I was a bit of a Matilda in that I would get the books from the local libraries and then not always want to take them back because I love them so much. But um, I think it was a bit of both, um, which I find is a great way in as a writer to read something often sparks an idea and then you can kind of go off in your own direction. And do you remember the first book you ever wrote as a kid or the first story you ever wrote? 
it was a very, very gloomy story and it was called <laughs> Dr. Death. And in fact, it was a... <laughs> it, 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 was gloomy. Very, I like it. Yeah, it was very gloomy and I think there might have been vampires in it. <laughs> a wonderful. Okay, brilliant. So have you always been drawn to the macabre? I, I think I have been, um, but also at the same time, I'm drawn to funny stuff as well. So I do try and combine it. And I think in Everyday Magic, I've tried to, you know, put in some times where Alfie and Calypso, his friend, are in peril. But there's also a lot of laughs to be had along the way. And did you want to be a writer from the very beginning? Because when I was younger, I wanted to be a writer or a circus performer. I think that was my, those are my two things. So this book suits me very well. I didn't have the um, circus performing talent, it, it turned out, because I couldn't kind of juggle or ride a horse or do any kind of trapeze stuff. So that really put a halt to my gallop. But I'm wondering, did you have the same kind of feelings or what, uh, what were your big dreams? I had exactly the same actually it was a circus performer or a writer <laughs> so, um, or a witch maybe if a I, witch had be that yes, option. <laughs> I would still like to be a witch I think it would be very useful I actually blame Enid Blyton there was some Enid Blyton book that involved the circus and I cannot remember the name but I read it so many times and I thought if she can write or if I could be in the circus I mean those things sound wonderful so I blame that but it's great to meet other people who have the same kind of kooky ambitions <laughs> And did you have any particular books when you were younger that were really special to you? I think so. I think the, the book that really um, made me want to write was a book called Conrad the Factory Made Boy. It's by a writer called Christina Noslinger. And it's a wonderful book because it's got that sort of fun, anarchic sense that Roald Dahl books have. It's very cheeky. And it kind of turns everything upside down. So the adults are very kind of irresponsible. And there's a very sensible boy at the center of it. But it, it was, I found it very funny and loved it very much. I also really loved Roald Dahl as a writer as I was growing up. Every child that I talk to and every author I speak to always goes back to Roald Dahl as just the, the absolute kind of gold standard. Do you have any special memories of places that you used to read? Because a lot of the kids I talk to have their sort of, especially now during the pandemic, they have their kind of special reading spots or reading, reading nooks and crannies. Did you have anywhere, if you came from a big noisy family, did you have to find somewhere to go? I think that is the case, isn't it? With a big noisy family, you yeah. absolutely have to find. I had two, actually. I had an indoor place where I'd, I'd borrow under the stairs with a torch, <laughs> which is a good place. I can recommend it. Um, <laughs> and I'd be in there with the hoover and it just, just crammed in. But also outside, I actually used to crawl into the hedge and eventually my, my dad made me a little seat in there so I could go in with my books. So that was another thing. And I had to just kind of live with the fact that spiders and bugs and things would just fall, <laughs> fall into my head. So, uh, but that was fun. Is it very different actually to, to write adults books and children's books? Is it a different process? I think um, in some things are in common, like uh, for instance, character. Um, I find it fun for both really because you sort of meet your character and get to know them by asking lots of questions in Alfie's case I was asking what does he like what doesn't he like and as soon as I knew he wanted to wear his anorak all year round I started thinking what's in the pocket of the anorak so you start to get to know your characters in that way um, and also sort of building the world um, that they live in and the setting and things like that I think in some respects um, you're freer to, to imagine more things with writing a children's book 
Um, so when I was writing Switherbroom Hall, I've written another sort of haunted, spooky house in adult fiction. Um, and But when I was writing Switherbroom Hall, I really felt like I could write it so it could really come alive. And so I had a great deal of fun imagining this house as a kind of a, a living character, really. So I, I think you're maybe permitted to have more imagination in some respects. And what does a day in the life of a writer look like? How, what is your setup? Do you have a word count you meet or an amount of time that you spend? How does it work for you? Um, well, I, I just work. I don't have a word count because sometimes... Um, I get a bit rebellious and I think, no, I don't want to sit and do that. <laughs> so, so, but I tend to, um, I tend to work all day and I have a dog called Wilkie who tells me when it's time to uh, take a break or play tug of war with a pair of socks, which is his latest favorite thing. So, <laughs> so he, he pretty much is in control of the day. <laughs> That's wonderful. And he's just calm and he hangs out for, for most of the, the writing time and then he just lets you know. He does. He And sometimes I read, him, I read him the stories and see what kind of expression he's got on his face. When Eva's not around, I can read him. <laughs> <laughs> and if he so, like, turns his head and kind of moves his ear, I think, okay, he's enjoying that. If he falls asleep, maybe I think I have to make it more exciting. <laughs> So Wilkie sounds like a really good assistant. Have you ever considered putting him in a book? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I do love writing animals in books. In Everyday Magic, I've got um, familiars, which are the witches' sort of best friends who are always some form of creature or another. And I had a lot of fun writing um, some of those and matching up the familiars to the witch. And then I would do this game where I would try and pick familiars for all of my family and friends and think, you know, and what familiar would I have? I mean, I, I suspect really Wilkie is my familiar. Lovely. <laughs> so, but it's a lot of fun to write animals. So if you were to describe the type of child who might like this book, which I think is, is any child, but it's for nine plus. Yeah, absolutely. So it's sort of middle grade, eight to 12-ish. And I suppose anyone who just loves witches, Roald Dahl, something funny, but also something quite spooky, because it also goes into kind of, I mean, it's an adventure, but it also explores things like bravery and friendship and really big questions as well, but also in a kind of a really imaginative way. So I think it's something that you could definitely crawl under the stairs and escape for a while with. And for the kids out there who are inspired by all your amazing ideas, do you have a top writing tip to help them create their own characters and their own books? Oh, absolutely. I mean, one of the things that works for me is to keep um, like a notebook and to jot down ideas and then go back to it. And sometimes you find a name, sometimes you find the sketch of a character, something maybe you just hear that you just love or, or something when you're um, out for your walk that you see and notice and put it down. And if you get a little book, you can carry it everywhere with you. And I like this because I'm very forgetful. I have a very bad memory. So if I see or hear something brilliant, I think that's great. I'm going to use that. And then I instantly forget. And the other thing I try and do is write something every day, even if it's just for like five minutes. Well, if you're a regular listener to the show, you'll know that we never let an author slip away without subjecting them to the grueling Wheel of Books favourites round. And Just Kid was no exception. First question, what is your favourite colour? My favourite colour is blue. Favourite hot drink? 
it would be a cup of tea. Favourite type of cake? All cakes. That is a good answer. <laughs> Favourite animal? Wilkie the dog. <laughs> of course. Favourite day of the week? It would be a Wednesday for some reason. <laughs> that is fair enough. It's a valid day. Favourite month of the year? It would be probably May. It's lovely weather in May. Favourite pizza topping? Ooh, well, I think I would probably go for some olives in there and lots of cheese. Lovely, lovely. Favourite kids' book apart from your own? Well, it would have to definitely be Conrad the Factory Made Boy by Christina Nothlinger. Favourite children's movie? Mmm, that's a tricky one. I'd say The Witches, really. And finally, your favourite gift you ever got from Santa? <gasps> My favourite gift? Um, I think it was a telescope, yeah. But even though I really didn't know how to use it for a very long time. <laughs> They're not that easy to use. <laughs> No. <laughs> I had one and I, all I could see was like a white circle through it. I, could, I, just, I don't think I ever worked out how to use them. They're harder than yeah. you think. <laughs> much, much harder than you think. <laughs> They're wonderfully romantic and slightly I, sort of, sort of steampunky gothic, which I really like. <laughs> so. I don't know what I thought I might spot with them, but I really thought, oh, yes, it's going to be so exciting. It's going to open up the whole world of planets. But like you, I was like, hang on a minute. <laughs> I can't get this in focus. <laughs> Well, we've got an extra treat for you on today's show. Jess is going to read the opening paragraphs of her brand new kids book, Everyday Magic. Well, this is the world of Alfie Blackstack. And so when Alfie is um, made an orphan, he's sent to live with these two mysterious aunts in a spooky old house, in a gloomy old forest, where there's no pizza or internet or TV, but instead there's something called Everyday Magic. And so Alfie finds himself in this world of warring witches and sly familiars and potions and spells that actually work. And it's here that he meets his first ever friend, a circus girl called Calypso. And he's going to need a friend because he's landed smack bang in the middle of a great big adventure. And what Alfie doesn't like is an adventure. Which is unfortunate because it's a rather a large adventure. It's a very large adventure. <laughs> We'd love to hear you reading some of this amazing story for us, Jess. Thank you. I'll start at the very beginning. Alfie Blackstack wasn't surprised to find himself an orphan. His parents had always been careless. His mother, Mrs. Blackstack, was a zookeeper who made the mistake of teasing a hungry lion by dancing through his cage wrapped in a chain of sausages. She did it for a bet. Grin, crunch, slobber, no more mother. At the time, little Alfie, all just five years old, still had a father. Alfie's father, Mr. Blackstack, was an ornithologist. He studied birds. Mr. Blackstack especially loved angry, sharp-beaked, flappy birds, furious, vicious birds that hated ornithologists and lived in dangerous remote places like slippery cliff faces, scary sea caves, and the top of very, very tall trees. Alfie wasn't brave or daring like his parents. He was scared of lots of things, but most especially big cats, vicious birds, high up places and impatient fathers. 
which was unfortunate as Mr. Blackstack grew impatient around small, timid, trembling children. Mr. Blackstack stopped taking his son on expeditions. Alfie was relieved, but he was also a bit sad because he knew the reason why his father left him behind. It was because he wasn't daring enough or strong enough or good enough. Alfie had, of course, no wish to go to dangerous places, but that didn't mean he wouldn't have liked to have seen some nice, safe sights. A gentle waterfall, perhaps, or calm and friendly monkeys. On the fateful day that Alfie became an orphan, Mr Blackstack had gone off in a leaky boat with binoculars, a loaf of bread and a notebook. He was going to a rocky island in the middle of a large, choppy ocean to count the birds that lived there. Mr Blackstack didn't come back. Police officers, teachers, the local newsagent and neighbours all scratched their heads. What was to be done about Alfie, orphaned at the start of the summer holidays? They asked Clarice, the childminder, hadn't she looked after Alfie whenever his father was off on his bird-watching excursions? And didn't Alfie enjoy staying with her, apart from the fish-paste sandwiches she mistakenly thought he loved? But sadly, Clarice hadn't the time or the space to offer Alfie a forever home. Mr Blackstack's solicitor had the answer. Mr Blackstack had two sisters who lived out in the country. Alfie had aunts. The aunts were contacted. Of course they would take Alfie. Pleasure, honoured, thrilled. Pack him up and send him down. So Alfie Blackstack was out for delivery. Orphan, small for his age, nine, mouse brown hair, spectacles, two big shoes, two short trousers and an anorak, bright orange, always, even in summer. enjoyed that chat with Jess Kidd and now I get to chat to a future author. Here is Florence and she's going to tell us what book she would like to write if she sat down to write one tomorrow. If I were to write a book today I'd write it about time traveling. There'd be about like a group of girls and they find this time traveling machine and they go into the past and maybe even to, into the future and there's loads of different people there trying to keep them in there and they don't want them to go back. They're kind of like the villains. The girls, they'd probably be the leader of the group and there'd be the kind of shy one, the quiet one. There'd be the funny one, they'd be the, like, the sassy but mean, but like, they also still like her. And I don't really have names, but I think that would be a good group of girls. When they go, like say they went into the Viking era, they, there'd be the, the villain trying to keep them there because they don't want them to go back in case somebody or like a viking finds out about their machine and goes feet there or goes back and they they're trying to keep them there and like maybe one time when they're somewhere else one villain succeeds and like they have to get keep the girl there maybe like a cliffhanger like the the lead girl finds it again and she calls them they're all like adults and she calls them again and they all come and then like, they disappear and that's it. Maybe a series, I don't know if it will kind of ruin it if I 
kept on making series about that and I couldn't have the cliffhanger because I think the cliffhanger is very good. My book would be called something like Locked in the Past or Locked in the Future. Well, that wraps up our show for today. A big thanks to everybody who took part and to all the parents working away in the background to make it all possible. I'll be back next week with a man who loves a good list. Andrew Petty has carefully compiled some of the most interesting and mind-blowing info you'll ever hear. Trust me, it's good stuff. And he shares how he found out all that fun stuff in the next show. I'm Neve Bennett, this is We Love Books, and until next time, happy reading. Happy reading.